Good morning, folks. Thank you for joining us for worship. We got some more uh, folks that are coming in. If you haven't been with us for a while uh, for our in-house, our on-campus worship, thank you for joining us. A couple of things to remind you of. We do need you to keep your mask on the whole time while you're here. Uh, and also keep about, I'd say, I think our, our rule is like three chairs between you and a different family than yours. That'll help us out with our, our social distancing and trying to keep everybody healthy. So thank you again for choosing to worship with us. And those of you who are joining us online, thank you for joining us uh, for worship this morning. I'm excited to be worshiping with you. We're going to be singing praises today. We're going to be uh, taking communion together as we do every Sunday. And when that time comes, there should be a little cup on your chairs. Um, and when we have our communion thoughts and communion prayers together, uh, once we're done saying the prayer, you can peel back the top lid of this and there's a wafer for you to take. And then the second lid, uh, you know, we'll, you peel that back and drink the juice. And that's what we'll do when communion time rolls around. So in case you didn't know how to do that, that's the process for that as well. Okay. Um, later on at the end of our worship, uh, you can either uh, take care of your offering for us online. And we have um, uh, instructions for that uh, on our website. Uh, or you can, um, if you have a check or, you know, something that you want to put uh, in the basket, we'll have those available at the exit as you leave today. And we'll take care of that for you. So that's how we're going to get worship taken care of today. Having said all that, I'm ready to worship with you this morning. I'm ready to spend some time with the Word today. I'm ready to pray together today. I'm ready for us to be blessed together as we worship together in this room. And as we worship uh, in connection with each other with all the folks that are joining us online. So let's pray together. Ask God to bless our time of worship together. And then we'll begin uh, lifting His name in song. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for letting us be here today. Thank you for um, just the opportunity to worship you. And God, we are constantly filling our schedules, our minds, our hearts with so many other things. And, and some of those things are important and some of those things we probably give them more importance than they should probably have. And yet, God, for, for a little while this morning, we ask you to help us tune all those other things out and focus on you and focus on your presence in this place and your spirit in our hearts. And God, may we just lift you up today. Uh, may we bring praises to your name May we be reminded of how awesome a God you are as we worship together. And God, especially today, I, I pray for people who are in this room or people who are, uh, who are watching online who are dealing with burdens. And some of those are physical things and, and sicknesses and struggles. And some of those are financial issues. And some of those are relationships and friendships and marriages. And um, God, there's just people with a lot of burdens. Some of those things are, are consequences to, well, choices that, that maybe we've been making that you don't want us to make. Help us to lay those things down today, God. Help us to give those burdens to you, to be willing to trust that you can take those things away. And, uh, and God, if there's people here this morning that need a conversation with someone, that, that need um, somebody to reach out to them, to connect with them, and to show you to them, uh, give them the willingness to reach out to us today. And give us open eyes uh, to see the people who have needs and to do what we can to help. God, again, uh, this morning, we just, we are so thankful to be your children. We're so thankful for the opportunity to praise you. Help us to do that with our hearts today. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody up on your feet. Let's praise God together. Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I know I can stand secure. Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I put my hope in your holy word. I put my hope in your holy word. I have a living hope. I have a future. God has a plan for me. A 
Of this I'm sure, of this I'm sure, Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I know I can stand secure. Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I put my hope in your holy word. I put my hope in your holy word. Your word is faithful. It's mighty in power. God will deliver me. Of this I'm sure, of this I'm sure, Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I know I can stand secure. Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I put my hope in your holy word. I put my hope in your holy word. Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I know I can stand secure. Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I put my hope in your holy word. 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 We praise thee, O God, for the Son of thy love. For Jesus who died and is now gone above. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us again. We praise thee, O God, for the spirit of light. Who has shown us our Savior and scattered our night. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us again. All glory and praise to the Lamb that was slain. Who has borne all our sins and has cleansed every stain? Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us again. Revive us again. Fill each heart with thy love. May each soul be rekindled with fire from above. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us again. Please be seated. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, 
but wholly trust in Jesus' name. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love. Through the storm, He is Lord, Lord of all. When darkness seems to hide His face, I rest on His unchanging grace. In every high and stormy righteousness alone for the stand before the throne Christ alone cornerstone weak made strong in the Savior's love through the storm he is Lord Lord Savior's love through the storm. He is Lord, Lord of Good morning. Can you hear me? I can barely see you. I see stars, you might say. Uh, we'll do the communion talk this morning. Uh, I had 20 years of information and stories, but uh, my kids told me I couldn't talk about them anymore, so I just lost 20 years of stories to tell. Um, so I have to go even further back, I guess you might say. Um, you know, Marshall's been talking about restore, renew, uh, those type of stories, and if I look back, like what's the biggest restore renew is I grew up going to church. I grew up Monday or Sunday night, Sunday morning, Wednesday night, everything you could do. We did, and I, I hit college, and everything was perfect. You was going to church, kind of. You know, you kind of slowly gather groove if you don't have a good group. And I wasn't doing the Razorbacks for Christ thing. I was at the U of A, uh, and so after my Second year of college, uh, my world fell apart, I thought. First of all, I lived in a dorm room by myself. I thought that was a great idea. That is not a good idea for me. I'm an extrovert by nature, and so living in a dorm room, that just made 
life worse, especially when you got to study all the time uh, to survive, because I was a good student in high school, but that doesn't mean you're a good student. It takes a lot more work in college. And then the, the, the girl I've dated for a long time, even back from high school, we broke up, so I didn't care, to be honest with you. I could care less about church. I could care less about the world. I could care less about school. And uh, come the third year of college, things got really bad, really bad for me. So when you don't care, guess what happens to your grades? I can tell you stories. Natalie's probably already told you what happened that year if you've talked to her because I told her once and she told everybody she knew. Uh, but I had really good grades up until that point and, uh, you know, I needed a refresh. I needed a restart. And so I had to get away. And so I did an engineering co-op uh, in Fort Smith and that helped me helped me get my life back on track. And when I came back to school, I was determined uh, to be a different person. And I joined the Razorbacks for Christ and that wasn't easy. When you start that group as a junior, people wonder why, and they should wonder why. And there's always a good story there. Um, but it was one of those things you had to push your way through. It's not always going to be easy. And I, uh, you know, Marshall's going to speak from Isaiah today, but if you scroll back to a little further in Isaiah, one thing that caught my attention was in Isaiah 30. Uh, let me see if I can find it again. I lost my spot. Uh, but it talks about the people weren't following God. And in that, in that point, they were, they were turning away from God uh, in, in big manners. And they basically rejected everything. And they didn't want to hear anything bad. Uh, and so what they told is uh, in verse 10, oh, we'll start in verse 9, for those are rebellious people, Deceitful children, children unwilling to listen to the Lord and instructions. Uh, say, they say to their seers, see no more visions. They say to their prophet, give us no more visions of what is right. They didn't want to hear. They were living a life that they thought was fun and exciting and definitely wasn't of God. And anything that was that way, they just want to hear it. Is that what we do sometimes when, we, when things are bad? You know, it took me probably a whole semester to turn around because... Uh, the things that were going bad, I just didn't want to hear. I, I thought I could pull myself out of it. I thought I could do it myself, and I didn't want to hear. Uh, I didn't want to hear it. I was hearing it from my parents. I was hearing it from some other friends, and, and they were right, but I didn't want to hear it. I just stopped calling. Luckily, phone calls back then were so expensive, they were like a dollar a minute from the university, so I only talked to my parents on Sunday night, and so conveniently there for several months, I wasn't around on Sunday night, so I might not talk for, to him for several weeks. So uh, even the children of God, when, when they went bad, they didn't want to hear it. And, you know, we have a chance to renew all the time. We have a chance to come here. Uh, we have a chance to talk to God and to commune with him every Sunday. And um, when you get so far away, you think that uh, it, it's going to be easy. God's going to make it easy. Only tell me the good stuff. Well, it's not an easy path. And, and we, sometimes you've got to power through it. And sometimes you've got to find the right, uh, the right change in life to power through those things. So let's pray this morning uh, as we go to our Lord for uh, time with him.
Dear Lord, we're just so blessed to be your children. And we thank you for that. And we thank you that the door is always open to be your children. And that uh, sometimes we don't want to hear it. Sometimes we don't want to uh, consider a do-over or a renew. Uh, we just ask that you continue to uh, prick our hearts. Continue to, to help us find that right way. Um, this morning as we take the, uh, the bread and the cup, we ask that you, uh, you dwell in our hearts and that we remember the sacrifice Jesus made that we might have this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, well, let's all stand up for the song before Marshall's lesson this morning. I stand to praise you, but I fall to my knees. My spirit is willing, but my flesh is so weak. Light the fire in my soul, fan the flame. think of when you hear the word renewal or to renew something? Some of you, uh, when I say, you know, we need to renew something, and, and um, Devin even mentioned this a little bit in his communion thoughts just now, but you renew, I don't know, you renew uh, subscriptions to, well, do you, people even read magazines anymore? Everything's online, so I don't know if you even do that anymore. I was going to say renew library cards. Does anybody even go to a library anymore? We don't even do that. Uh, you renew your gym membership? Some people have, haven't, I don't know. Uh, I get calls about once a week from some random person about renewing the uh, warranty on at least one of my vehicles. I never hear the whole thing because I always hang up at some point. But 
you know, a lot of times we just hear about renewal or renewing something. It's something has expired and now we, we got to start another contract again or start it back up again. Maybe you think of, uh, you know, just renewing uh, some friendships. I mean, maybe you've gone to, you know, reunions or haven't seen somebody in a while. And now we, we found out about each other and we, we exchanged, you know, phone numbers and information. Now we're going to renew that, that friendship again. Um, has anybody, just by show of hands, has anybody ever been to a uh, a, a ceremony where somebody renewed the vows for their for their marriage. Anybody ever been one of those? A few of you have. Okay, good. Um, I've actually uh, performed a few of those, um, even for some people in this church family. Did one for um, my parents um, last year, celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary, and, and uh, we did a vow renewal for them. But I was thinking, you know, along those lines of a couple I spent some time with years ago. Um, started spending some time with them at, when I was with the uh, Southside Church of Christ over in Rogers. And uh, this couple, I'm not, I can't even totally for, remember how the connection was made between the two of them and myself. But they were having some serious marriage issues. Um, and it would just be eye-opening and almost mind-boggling to tell you about all the different things that were happening in this relationship. But they were still, you know, continue to be connected, continue to be married to each other. But we continue to meet, uh, every, you know, various times over probably a year's time, right about the time that we were planning this church at Flagstone. So um, when we moved into our original building, the, the business building that we were uh, renting out on the west side of, of um, Bentonville, I remember this couple coming to the office uh, one day. We had just been in that office for just a few weeks, and they came in, and both of them were angry. They're mad at each other, and they're just back and forth. And finally, um, I kind of inter interrupted the conversation and just told them, listen, uh, we've talked about everything. I, I don't know anything new to tell you than what I've already told you about things that you've been dealing with. I don't, I don't have anything new to give you. We're, you are talking about things right now in this moment that we've already talked about. And so if anything is going to be different in this relationship, the first thing that's going to happen is you guys are going to have to decide if you even want to be in this marriage anymore. Because if you don't, then there's no sense in us continually having these conversations where you show up angry and then we try to piece things together and then you come back a little while later and you're angry again. You need to decide if you even want to be in this in the first place. <laughs> and I kicked them out. <laughs> I was like, y'all have a good day. Let me know what you decide. And they left. And I thought, well, there went, there went that. <laughs> and got a phone call from them. Uh, maybe the next day, maybe two days later. Okay, we're, we both decided we, we want this. We want to make this work. Okay, so we continue to visit some more. And actually, uh, they actually got plugged into... Um, to a different church, made some connections there. And uh, about a year later, they called me up and said, hey, we're going to renew our vows. We want you to come do that. And I did. Now, you know, I'm, I'm saying this is years back because we've been part of this church family for 10 years now. And they've moved out of state. They're not even around here anymore. But I know I'm still friends with them on Facebook. They're still married. They're still happy. They're, they're doing a whole lot better than they ever were before. When I think about renewal, I, I picture that couple. And I picture our conversation, even how, even the things that I shared in that ceremony, uh, of their vow renewal, of them, of them renewing that connection to each other. 
that they made sometime before when I was never around, that original marriage ceremony, the things that they committed to each other, said this is who we're going to be for each other, and this is, this is what we're both going to bring to this relationship and expect from the other person in this relationship. And, and throughout however many months and years, uh, they have walked away from that, and now they're coming back to it again. Does that make sense? That's, that's what I want us to be thinking about. We're thinking about renewal this morning. It's not just renewing a contract, renewing a subscription, renewing a membership, renewing a, a connection, a relationship that has somehow in the past been broken or been severed or needs some repair. And making a decision, I don't want this connection, this relationship to look like this anymore. And I want it to be healed. I want to, I want to renew it. I, I want us to get back to where we started. Because that is one of the key messages in the book of Isaiah. We've been going through um, Isaiah for the last couple of weeks. This prophet that lived hundreds and hundreds of years ago and how God shared different messages uh, through Isaiah hundreds and hundreds of years ago that are still relevant to us today. And there's so many different themes and so many different things to pull out of those messages. And we've just talked about the, the, the thought of, of rescue, how God is willing to rescue his people from whatever kind of situations they get themselves into and, and how he still wants to rescue us nowadays from wherever our lives are and pull us out of the darkness and out of the problems and out of the, the things that we have probably walked ourselves into. And we've talked about redemption, that God redeemed us, that God paid a price for us, that God paid the most costly price of the blood of his son Jesus to buy us back from those choices, from being those people that, that we chose to be. <clears throat> and this morning, I want us to be thinking about and, and focusing on this message of renewal, that God is willing, was willing back then to renew a broken relationship between himself and his people, and how God still is willing to do that um, with us today. But, but I think one of the questions that I want to answer on the front end is, why, did, why was that even a message that God needed to present to his people? What, did, what was the problem with, between God and his people back hundreds of years ago. Why did the renewal need to happen? So I don't want to bore you, but I want to give you a little bit of background information. I want to tell you a little bit of why God chose to share this message through Isaiah. Okay? So for hundreds and hundreds of years, God's people had, had been consistently doing ungodly things. And even though he had given them his law, and even though he sent prophets to them and said, here's how God wants you to live, they continually would hear those messages and go, mm, I hear that, I want to do something else. And they were worshiping other gods and other goddesses, and they had all these different idols that they would bow, to, bow down to and do uh, different sacrifices. I mean, they went so far as to even sacrifice their own children. And they were practicing witchcraft and, and they were engaging in sexual practices that God said, I don't want my people to be doing those kinds of things with their bodies. And they were doing them anyway. And they were full of drunkenness and they, and they uh, were lying and deceiving each other. We've talked about how even the rich people were taking advantage of the poor people and oppressing them. And there's just all these different things that they, were, that they were giving themselves to, these activities that they were engaging in that God would look at and go, please stop doing that. And he would send messengers. He would send these prophets to his people saying, please stop. Please don't do this anymore please come back to me. Let's go, let's go back to having our relationship with each, with each other again. And God's people consistently, continually said, mm, no, I like living this way. I mean, sometimes if you go through the Old Testament, you read through the different kings and the different things that, that happened uh, with God's people, sometimes they would turn back and they say, you know what? You're right, God. We're going to start worshiping you now. And we're going to start doing the things you call us to do. But it never would last. And the people would never fully commit themselves back to that relationship that they first had when God rescued them, as we've already talked about, from slavery in Egypt. And said, you're going to be my people and I'm going to be your God. 
And they consistently, continually walked away from that relationship. And after 200 years, 200 plus years, God had enough. And so his people had already divided themselves into two nations, Israel and Judah. And God allowed the Assyrian Empire to come and conquer the nation of Israel. Completely destroy city after city and take people captive and ship them off to another country hundreds of miles away. And Isaiah, this prophet that we're looking at, Isaiah was a witness to that. He saw that happen. And he's telling the remaining kingdom of Judah, the people of of God that are still left uh, in this land that God had given him. He's telling them, this is going to happen to you. You're making the same choices that that other nation of of God's, that those people were making. And the same thing is going to happen to you if you don't make some changes. God was already sensing that his people are not going to stay dedicated to him, that they weren't going to stay in that connection, that relationship with him. And so he starts predicting, here's what's going to happen. It's not the Assyrian Empire. There's going to be another empire. They're called the Babylonians. And they're going to come. They're going to destroy this nation just like I let the Assyrians destroy Israel. Everybody with me so far? That's what Isaiah, that's part of what Isaiah's messages are about. There's consequences coming to the choices that you're making. There's destruction on the horizon. Things are going to get bad. And it's not God's fault. It's your fault because you're choosing to walk away from him. He would protect you. He would take care of you. He would bless you. But you consistently say, nah, I'd rather do things my way. So God's going to let another nation come and conquer you. And he warned the people. I mean, he even said, look look in Isaiah chapter 5, one of the first chapters in the book of Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 5, verse 13, God says, my people will be captured and taken away because they don't really know me. We don't know each other anymore. We used to have a, we used to have a close connection. We used to have really a relationship and we don't anymore. I don't recognize my people and my people don't even know me. They're going to be destroyed because of it. And about 140 years later, that's what happens. They wouldn't make the changes that God was calling them to. And Judah is, is conquered by the Babylonian Empire. And this, there's, there's the temple where they used to worship God. It's completely leveled to the ground. And the, the beautiful capital city of Jerusalem, all the walls are knocked down. All the buildings are knocked down. It's completely destroyed. People are taken captive and they're taken hundreds of miles away to the nation of Babylon. And it's all the things that God said was going to happen. And throughout Isaiah, you can find Isaiah consistently saying to these people, if you don't stop doing what you're doing, if you don't quit making the choices that you're making, you're going to be destroyed. And they just didn't listen. And if that's all that we pulled out of the book of Isaiah, is Isaiah going, you know, a hundred some odd years from now, you're going to be destroyed. That'd be a really depressing book to read, wouldn't it? If that's all that we see, if, if it's just Isaiah walking around, just gloom and doom all the time, boy, things are bad and things are going to get worse. You're not going to be destroyed. Thanks, Isaiah. Thanks for that message. Appreciate it. But there's other things that we've talked about. We've already seen in the book of Isaiah. And, and we see the thing I want you to, to, again, see this morning is that God didn't just talk about the destruction of his people. He didn't just talk about the connection that he used to have with them that had been abandoned. And he didn't just talk about the separation that he felt. And he didn't say that those things are going to be permanent. He's talked about, I will still redeem you. I will still buy you back. I will rescue you from these choices you've been making. 
from this relationship that's been broken, from this, this connection that we've had that's faded away. I will make you brand new. I will renew our relationship with each other. So I had you look at Isaiah chapter 5. Go towards the end of the book to chapter 43. And here's what God says. Forget the former things. He's looking forward to the time after the destruction has happened, after things have gone completely horrible, after this connection, this relationship with him and his people, it feels like it's been completely severed. Here's what he says. Forget that stuff. Forget all the bad stuff that happened. Forget the destruction that, that's going to take place. Forget the, how broken our relationship was. Don't dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. God is telling his people, even a even hundred some odd years before it happened, God is telling his people, I'm not going to focus on the past. I'm not going to keep bringing up your mistakes, and I don't want you to do that either. I'm going to renew this connection. I want to give you a brand new start. You, you and I, we're going to have a, we're going to have a do-over. Almost at the very end of the book, in chapter 65, begin verse 17. Isaiah says, the former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create, for I will create Jerusalem to be a delight and his people to be a joy. I mean, look at what God says here. Things are going to get bad. This this relationship is broken, but I'm going to renew it. I'm going to, make, I'm going to create something even better. I'm not going to dwell on the past. I'm going to create something that's, that's good and that, and that lifts, lifts you up and, and brings us closer together. It's going to renew our relationship. And this is the theme, this is the message that's found throughout the book of Isaiah, throughout his prophecies, that this is who God is. This is what he does, that God rescues his people when they need him, that he, he redeems them and he buys them back and he renews that relationship. He renews what needs to be made new once again. He gives do-overs. He gives brand new starts. And what I want to do for just a few more minutes is, is help us recognize this morning that God still does that. That wasn't just hundreds of years ago with just those people back in that time. That our God still is a God who renews today. There's some things that he still is willing to and able to renew for us and with us. And one of the things that God can renew is God can renew my strength. God can renew my strength. I mean, there's so many of us at different times in our lives that we've experienced stress and, 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 and struggles to the point that we just feel completely drained. You ever had that feeling before? And, and maybe some of you are there right now. You came walking in the door this morning. You clicked on your computer this morning thinking, I am exhausted. I can't even believe I'm here. Maybe it's the stress of your job. Maybe there's some things going on in your family. Just the family dynamic is causing uh, some stress and some anxiety. Maybe there's some health concerns that you have. Maybe it's just a fear of the future. I don't know exactly what's going to happen with our, with our health, dealing with this pandemic, with our economy, with the, with the upcoming election. Maybe your finances are just constantly, there's just not, there's not enough, there's too much month left at the end of the money. You know, we just, I can't, I can't seem to get on top of it. Maybe it's more of a relationship kind of thing. I've, I've had some friendships that we used to be close and now we're not. And I said some things I shouldn't have said or they said some things they shouldn't have said. And there's hurt feelings or there's gossip, there's resentment, there's anger. 
And it's just draining to have to continually deal with all that. And those feelings that I keep having when I'm around that person or that I feel like they feel about me. Maybe it is physical. Maybe I'm just really tired. I've been working really hard. I am physically drained. Maybe there are some health issues. Maybe I didn't get a good report from the doctor last week. And I'm just feeling drained. I'm exhausted. And dealing with any one of those, much less several of them at the same time, can obviously cause me to feel physical exhaustion. Not to mention the mental, the emotional exhaustion I might feel. And I can get to the point where I feel completely empty, just destitute, drained. Here's the promise from God. Look at what God can do. In Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31, he says this to his people. Those who wait for the Lord shall, what? Renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I'm so out of shape now. If I try to run across the parking lot, I'd probably pass out. They can run and not, not ever get tired. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? I want you to understand, he's not talking about physical. I mean, it'd be nice if he's talking about physical stuff. The, the people who have a good relationship with God are so physically strong that they can run for days. That'd be awesome. But that's not what he's talking about here. He's talking about our, our mental and our spiritual and our emotional state. That the things that in this life that cause us to feel completely exhausted and drained and empty, God says, I can fix that. I can renew that. I can give you strength again. He doesn't promise that he's just always going to put like some kind of invisible force field around us where we never have to deal with problems, where we never have to deal with the exhaustion and the draining and all that kind of stuff. We may still have to go through those things, but what does he say? You wait on me, you stay connected with me, and I'm going to fix it. I will renew you. I will renew your strength. And here's the key thing in this whole verse, the the the. I, I love looking at this verse. There's one word that, that bothers me that I struggle with. You know what it is? It's a four-letter word. Wait. Those who wait on the Lord will find their strength renewed. No, no, I don't want to wait. I want it now. I'm tired right now. Fix this now, God. Well, I'm going to. And even if we go to the original ancient Hebrew that, you know, we translate this, this word in our English word as wait. That original Hebrew word means to wait, but not just to kind of tap our foot and let's hurry up. It's waiting with, with an expectation. I'm looking, I'm looking out the window. I'm, I'm ready and I'm, I'm waiting. It's, it's like kids, you know, the night before Christmas. I can't wait to get down there and open those presents. You know they're there. Those presents are there. I'm just ready to go. I'm excited. I am waiting with anticipation. Does that make sense? This is what God says, those who wait for me with that kind of heart and that kind of attitude, those who know I'm going to give you strength, I'm going to renew you, I'm going to make things better, and, and those who, who have that expectation, God, I don't know when you're going to do it, I don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but I believe it is, man, I'm ready for it, I'm watching for it. God says, I can renew that person. I can renew 
that person's strength. I can make them whole. I can make them strong again. That's what my God can do for me. My God can renew my mind. I mean, here's the deal. When I, when I consistently fill my mind, my thoughts, my focus on social media posts and music and, I don't know, Netflix shows and maybe even just conversations with other people that are filled with anger and selfishness and sexuality and profanity and divisiveness and, and complaining. You know what happens? I start to consistently be negative and cynical and complaining and divisive and angry and judgmental and all those things. Why? Because that's what I'm filling my mind with. That's what I'm focusing on. I start to look like and act like and be like and sound like the rest of the world around me because that's what I am inundating my own mind with. That's where my mentality is. That's what my focus is. And that's why Paul, if you go over to the New Testament, in the book of Romans chapter 12, Paul says this in verse 2. He says, don't be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world. Don't look like the rest of the world around you. Not even don't look like, don't be like, don't shape yourself into what the rest of the world looks like. Be different. And he says, here's how you do this. Be transformed, be changed into something different. Look different than everybody else around you by what? By the renewing of your mind. Don't be like the rest of this world. Don't have the same mindset as the rest of this world. Let God renew your thoughts. Start to focus on him. Start to listen to his spirit in your, in your heart, in your mind. Start to focus on his word and listen to his voice speak to you. Let him renew your thoughts. Let him renew your heart. Let him renew your mind. Let him give you a new mindset because that's what he promises to do. Completely, completely change who I am. Completely change how I act. Completely change the words that come out of my mouth. Why? Because God can renew my mind. Can make it brand new. And he can also, God can also renew my heart. Anybody ever had a callus on their hand before? See, like, I wanted to see like calloused hands pop up when I asked the question. <laughs> We got calluses from lots of different things, right? Musicians, guitar players, violin players, they get calluses on their fingers. I've known people who really got into like, uh, I think maybe even my grandma had like quilted so much that she got calluses on her, on her fingers from the, from the needle coming through. I mean, uh, people who work a lot, you know, with machinery or, or different tools get abrasions and, and calluses. I know long distance runners that develop calluses on the, on the bottoms of their feet and on their toes because so many abrasions and so many blisters and those things cause hardness. That so much constant, so much abrasion, so much uh, friction causes something on my skin to become hard. But the same thing can happen to our hearts. Constant anger, constant resentment, constantly choosing ungodly things, constantly giving myself to addictions and habits that God doesn't want me to give myself to. Constant negativity, constant hearing all the reasons why other people tell me that I shouldn't bother even trusting God and holding on to my faith. Buying into all those things, participating in all those things, those things create calluses, not on my fingers, not on the soles of my feet, but on my heart. 
Jesus said this about the people of his day. Actually, he borrowed Isaiah's words, but we find Jesus saying them in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 15. He says, this people's heart have become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. Jesus said, the people, the people that I'm around, the people that are surrounding me can't see what it is that God is doing. They can't hear God's voice speaking to them because their hearts have become so hardened, so calloused that it can't even happen. And, and the problem is, folks, that's still true for us today. I can't see what God is doing in my life. I can't see all the ways that he's blessing me. I can't hear him speaking to me. I can't hear the, his, the words of encouragement that, that he shares with me, that he puts on the hearts of other people to share with me, the words of even accountability and people trying to help me make better choices. I can't hear those things. And, it, and therefore, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me to, to become judgmental and cynical. It doesn't bother me to walk away from my faith. It doesn't bother me to start doing all these ungodly things that, that God desperately wants me not to do. Why? Because I can't hear him and I can't see him. My heart's too calloused. It's blocking his presence. It's blocking his voice in my life and in my heart. My heart's grown cold. It's grown hard. It's callous, but here's the key thing. My God can renew a heart like that. He can soften it up. He can make it brand new. There's a story that's told in our Old Testament that's familiar to many of us about a guy named David. And David, even though things are going great for him, David ended up having an affair, getting the woman pregnant, um, having her husband murdered so nobody would know that it was him. And he married her so everybody would think that, oh, they just got pregnant really fast. And then he lied about the whole thing and tried to cover it up. And when he's confronted with that, when he's confronted by one of God's messengers about all those choices they made and, and, and just how, I mean, I know I kind of rattled through that kind of fast, but imagine that kind of person. Imagine knowing a person who has, who has gotten somebody else's wife pregnant and murdered that guy so that nobody would find out about it. That would be a huge scandal for us nowadays, would it not? It was back then too. And when David is confronted by it, if you read in the book of Psalms, that big book of, of poetry in the middle of your Bibles, Psalm 51 is a song that David wrote hundreds and hundreds of years ago when he was confronted by that sin. And in the middle of that Psalm, in Psalm 51 and verse 10, he says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. He dropped down to verse 12. He says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Look at what David is asking. God, I, I am looking at the choices I've made. I'm looking at what I just did. I'm looking at the consequences of those things. And I'm, I'm recognizing that the reason that it didn't even bother me to sleep with that woman, the reason it didn't even bother me to murder her husband, the reason I didn't think twice about lying about it and trying to cover it up, it's because of my heart. It's because of my heart. So God, you're going to have to renew this. You're going to have to make it brand new because I don't like living like this anymore. Bring me back, God. Bring, bring us back to where we once were. Bring our connection back to what it once was. You keep reading the story of David. That's what God did. God renewed David's heart. In the process of renewing his heart, God renewed that connection between him and David. 
And God can do that for us. Folks, God, the God that we serve, the God that I believe in with all my heart is a God who renews. Not a God who used to renew. Our God still renews today. He renews my strength. He renews my mind. He renews my heart. But there's two truths that I need to understand about that. And, and let me share these with you and I'll be done. Thank you so much for your attention so far. Stick with me for another minute or two. Two things that I need to understand about, about God being a God who renews. And the first one is this, that it's, that it's truly God that does the renewing. It's not me. That is, it, I become so convinced that I'm the one who has to renew that connection between me and God. That I'm the one who has to do all the work when it's actually him that does that for me. Look at what he says. Go back to Isaiah again in Isaiah 64 and verse 8. Isaiah looks at God and says, God, you are our father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. If you can imagine, if you can imagine a potter sitting down to shape a pot and he's got the clay in his hands and he's, and he's spinning it on the wheel and he's molding it and he's, and he's getting rid of all the blemishes and he's getting rid of all the, all the cracks and he's shaping it into what he has already decided that it needs to be. Isaiah says, God, that's us. You're the one doing the work. You're the one shaping us. You're the one renewing us. I don't need to buy into the lie that I have to fix and repair myself and shape myself into what God wants me to be. And then he'll renew that relationship. That's not how it works. It starts with me saying, God, I need to be renewed. And then he goes to work. It's God that does the renewing, not me. And here's the second piece of that. I won't experience a renewal until I want to experience a renewal. And that sounds really simplistic, but I want to say it again. I won't experience a renewal in my relationship and my connection with God until I want to experience a renewal in my relationship and, and my connection with God. We've already talked about how God is not going to save us against our will. That God is willing to rescue. That God has already paid the price to redeem us, but he's not going to pull us out of the darkness. He's not going to buy us back and take us back if we don't want to go. And the same principle is true with, with God renewing his relationship with us. That God won't renew that connection with me either until I actually want to experience that renewal. And that's what I was talking about at the beginning of our time together this morning with that couple that I spent so much time with. That at some point I had to answer the question, do I want to be in this relationship in the first place? Do I want, if I have had a connection with God in the past, if I have allowed his son's blood to wash me clean, if I have given my heart to God and said, and said I want you to be the Lord of my life, and then at some point whether it only took a little amount of time or years and years, but I walked away from that relationship and I completely severed it. I completely started being this other person. If I want to experience a renewal, God's ready to renew me. But if I'm over here going, well, I'm, this is my life now. This is who I am and nothing can be any different. Then God's not going to renew me if I don't want it. I have to want that connection again. Does that make sense? Even these people hundreds of years ago that God allowed to be taken into captivity, when he set them free, when the Babylonian empire was, was destroyed and the next empire that came along was the Persian empire and the king of that empire said, you, you people of God, y'all can go back to your homeland and rebuild it again. There were some people were like, mm, no thanks, I'll just stay here. Can you imagine? 
People whose families were completely ripped away from their homes, they're, they're taken in captivity hundreds of miles away. And somebody says, you know what? You can go back to what it was before. You can go back home again. You can go back and live the life that you had once before. You can have that connection again. You can have that life and that joy and that peace. You can have it again. And they chose to stay in captivity. And I wish that that was a story just for back then. But that is a story that is repeated on a daily basis with us, isn't it? When God looks at us and says, you've made some choices that, and, and you separate yourself from me and you're dealing with the consequences of those things and your life could be so much better and you could have joy and you'd have peace and you have purpose. I could wash you clean. I can make you new. And we consistently look at our God and say, mm, no, nah, I'll just stay where I am. I won't experience renewal until I want to experience renewal. Folks, choose renewal. Choose to let God make you new. Choose to allow him to fix it. Choose to allow him to make it better. It's the best choice for you. I need to wrap up. I, I, I want to share this quick story with you. When I was, uh, when I was in the seventh grade, I went with my church youth group to Harding University for spring sing. And part of that weekend of going and watching a bunch of college kids sing and dance around to a bunch of songs, there was also like a youth rally, youth conference that would take place on that same weekend. And, you know, I had stayed up, this, uh, this was on a Saturday, I'd stayed up that Friday night in the dorm I don't know, just, I mean, I'm a, you know, 12-year-old kid running around with a bunch of other teenagers in a dorm with little or no adult supervision. It was awesome. And of course, I got no sleep. And the next day, you know, on Saturday, we're supposed to be in the big auditorium listening to this preacher stand up there and tell us about how teenagers are supposed to live their lives. And, and my circle of friends decided, we don't want to do this. We don't want to sit here and listen to this guy all, all day. And so they all get up and walked out. What am I going to do? Sit there and, and be the good kid and listen to the preacher? <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. I'm going with them. And so we go outside and we go and we find, we used to have this big bus. Our church had this big bus. And one of the guys knew how to pry the doors open. And we get on the, we get on the bus and they pull out the playing cards and we start playing poker on the bus. Now, we don't have a key to the bus. There's no air conditioning. This is in the springtime. Within a few minutes, we are sweating to death. So I'm dripping sweat. I'm sitting in this bus. I'm actually not even playing. I'm just watching these other guys play. And I, after a while, just standing there in, in my own sweat and the stench of these other boys starting to fill the air in the bus, I thought to myself, what am I doing here? What in the world? Like, this is dumb. And I was like, you know what? I'm leaving. And, and I walked back, not because I'm, I was a good Christian kid, but mostly because of the air conditioning. But I walked back to the, <laughs> to the auditorium and I sat and I listened to the preacher and, you know, everything was fine. And I shared that, that little story with you this morning because I wonder if any of you have, any, have ever had one of those, what am I doing here moments? Not what am I doing here like I walked into the wrong room and what am I doing here? When you look around at where you are, 
who you are, the people you surround yourself with, the choices that you made and how those choices have brought you to that point in your life. You ever looked around and gone, what am I doing here? This isn't where I need to be. Maybe that moment is happening for you this morning. And if it is, there's good news. We have God who renews and makes things new and can bring you back to where you need to be. Maybe you're doing good, but you know somebody. You know a coworker, you know a neighbor, you know somebody in your own family. That if they were really honest with themselves, could look around and go, what am I doing here? They need to know we have a God who renews, a God who redeems, a God who rescues, and they need to know about him today. I hope that your connection with God is where it needs to be. If it's not, I hope you want it to be better because he's ready to make it better if you are too. Let's pray together. God, thank you for today. Thank you for the time to sing to you, to, to pray to you, to celebrate the freedom from sin that we have because your son. And God, thank you for the time in your word today. Remind us, God, of how good it is to be your children. Remind us, God, of how good it is to be in a relationship with you. And God, if, if anyone in this room, anyone online is, is, is separated, if that connection with you has been severed for whatever reason, God, reach your hand out and renew. Begin to renew them back to you today. Create something new. Soften our hearts. Shape us into who you need to be and start that today. God, I, I just pray that you move in a powerful way with people who hear this message today. May they have heard your words. May they hear you calling out to them. I'm ready. Wait for me. I'm ready to renew. And may you do that through the blood of your son, Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Merciful Savior, gracious Redeemer, slow in your anger, rich in your love, full of compassion, longing to heal and bless. You will forgive all of my sins if I will
if I will confess. Here is my heart, Lord, I lay it open, search every corner, cleanse every part. Here is my heart, Lord, yielded and broken, merciful Does God speak? What makes makes Christianity Christianity unique? unique? How do I know if I'm going to heaven? Why wouldn't God save save everyone? everyone? How can anyone believe the Bible? Isn't it full of contradictions? contradictions? Don't all religions lead to the same God? Why are there so so many many denominations? How can Christians claim Jesus is the only only way? Did Jesus really rise from the dead? How can you reconcile belief in God with science? How could a loving God God condemn people to hell? Do I need God to be moral? What about all the hypocrites? How could there be a God with so much evil and suffering? What about people who've never heard of Jesus? Wasn't Jesus just a good teacher? Isn't it all relative? Isn't it all relative? One thing that's really cool about youth ministry, I think, is watching teens uh, click and get it. Uh, and you find that you find that whenever that happens, it just seems like it's it's when they start asking questions. It's when they start realizing that okay, yes, this is stuff that I've been told my whole life. These are things that I've heard in church my whole life, but now. I have some questions about those things. Uh, Do I really believe the things I've been taught? Maybe you've asked some of these questions. I know our teens have asked these questions. I've asked these questions. Marshall's asked these questions. We've all asked questions. And we've got some questions. And so uh, next Sunday, Marshall's going to start a new series called FAQ, and we're going to talk about uh, questions. Uh, I think one of the cool things about this this faith, this Christianity, this belief in Jesus is that Jesus doesn't just say, here's, this is what you have to believe, and no matter what, this is the truth. He invites 
us to ask questions. He invites us to, to, to wrestle and to struggle and to try and figure these things out, and God meets us there with grace and mercy. And so I'm really, really excited about what Marshall has for us for the series on, called FAQ, and it starts this next Sunday. Uh, if you have questions, uh, for these past couple of weeks, uh, we've allowed everybody to submit questions. If you have questions, just any of these, just things that you've been wrestling through and things you've been working through, uh, we still have ways that you can submit submit those things. Check your emails online if you're a member here. Uh, if you're online, uh, go ahead and uh, uh, you know send us a direct message, comment on one of our uh, Instagram posts, send us a, a you know an instant message on Facebook, something like that, so that we can get your message. Uh, one of Marshall's goals is to go through all of those questions to address them in one way or form, whether that's through our Wednesday night unscripted or here up on stage or just different Instagram and Facebook posts. We're really, really excited about that series, so please uh, tune in, whether you're here in person or online. Next Sunday, we're really excited about that. Next Sunday, we also uh, are having our in-person uh, senior recognition. At the very beginning of the summer, we had our senior recognition online. We got to see their faces, and we prayed for them, and we spent time talking about them and had a sermon focused on our seniors. Uh, next Sunday, we get to bring them up here on stage and give them a gift uh, and tell them how much that we appreciate them, uh, as a lot of our seniors over the next two or three weeks are going to be uh, heading off into some of these next chapters, whether that's close by or far away. Uh, so we want to uh, uh, spend some time and appreciate some of that too. Uh, for our seniors as well, whenever they come up here and enjoy uh, some of that time, they're going to have some uh, spaces out there on tables that will be displaying all of their senior stuff. So if you're here in person, definitely make sure to go and experience that next week. Uh, we're going to be sending out, if we haven't already, a list of all of our seniors. So if you want to bring uh, gifts or maybe some ramen noodles for the college dorm, something like that, whatever it may be, uh, some money, whatever that is, you can put that down uh, in, their, in their spaces as well. Uh, last thing, I promise. Uh, we are giving out Bibles to our first graders uh, Sunday, August 23rd. If you have a first grader, if a first grader uh, is around, around here, uh, on August 23rd, we're going to make sure that that happens. We're going to send out some more uh, information in your emails so that we can recognize them and give them their Bibles. Uh, we're really excited about that. Uh, thank you guys so much for being with us today. I hope that uh, it was um, good and uplifting as we serve a God that is all about renewal, a God that is always ready for the next step, always ready for us to say, okay, let's go. I'm ready to push this uh, to the next level. So, uh, we're going to pray, and then we're going to have one more song and get out of here. So let's pray. Father God, we're so grateful that you are a God of renewal, a God of second chances, a God that is so willing and ready to begin anew with us every single day. God, your word says that your mercies and your graces are new every single morning. That every single morning we can wake up and experience a new relationship with you, God. God, I pray for our congregation. I pray for our family. I pray for those that are watching online that we all can say that today is the day. Today is the day that we renew. Today is the day that we start making a step forward. And we, we may not know what that next step looks like, but we do know one thing, and that that step is going to be out of the dark and into your light. God, thank you so much for your love, for your grace, and your mercy, and for your son. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Okay, let's all stand up for one more. 
Before the world was made, before you spoke it to be, you were the king of kings. Yes, you were, yes, you were, and now you're reigning still, enthroned above all things. Angels and saints cry out, we join them as we sing, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God forever. Your great and matchless name All my days, all my days So let my whole life be A blazing offering A life that shouts and sings The greatness of our King Glory to God Glory to God Glory to God forever to God for 